0: Have you ever been angry with God? Now maybe the word angry makes you feel uncomfortable. So maybe there's been some times when you've been upset with God or just unhappy with Him. Maybe it's because things haven't been going well for you. Maybe things haven't gone the way you wanted them to go. Maybe things just haven't been right Maybe you've been praying about it, and you know God could have made it different, but he didn't. And so you get mad with God. Is it right to be angry with what God does? We've been going through the book of Jonah. And while people may think it's just the big fish story, there's so much more as God brings us A very special message. Now at the end of that book things kind of take an interesting twist or turn and so today we want to talk about how it's time to go back to God where our rebellion is going to meet his grace and then we will rejoice with God. Before I I read the fourth chapter of the book of Jonah I want to start with the previous verse at the end of chapter 3 because it sets the scene for us. Jonah finally went to Nineveh that great evil city. He preached there and the city repented. Listen. When God saw that they did what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. So now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Now Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about that plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. Getting the impression he's kind of a whiner. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, probably referring to children, and also many animals. And that's how the book of Jonah ends. Now, I entitled this message, It's Time to Rejoice with God. And if you were listening to the message, you were thinking, well, we heard a lot of anger. We heard a lot of arguing going back and forth. I didn't hear any rejoicing. Are you sure that's the right message, Pastor? Well, throughout the whole book of Jonah, we have been seeing how God, and then Jonah, as he has recorded these experiences for us, is pointing us to one thing, and that is the grace of God. Now, Jonah, as you recall, had been sent out to be a missionary to Nineveh, but he didn't like it. And he tried to flee from the Lord. And then God had prepared that big fish that swallowed him up after he was thrown overboard and sent Jonah back to Nineveh. And he went and he preached. And the result, as we heard, the whole city repented and turned to God. permeates throughout the whole book is the grace of God toward people. It's the mission of God's people, the ministry of God's people, and the message that he has for each one of us. And as we listen to it, we'll hear that call. It's time to go back to God and rejoice with him. Well, if you have ever been angry with God Let me tell you two things that will help turn that anger around. And the first is, because we can see God's kingdom coming, his working. Now, what do we mean by God's kingdom? Sometimes people will point to the church maybe as God's kingdom. Or they'll think of God's kingdom as some kind of a a country or, or a nation, some kind of physical entity where God is working. But let's do what we like to do, and that is go to the scriptures and see what the Bible tells us the kingdom of God is. Jesus spoke these words, recorded in Luke 17. The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The Apostle Paul makes it even more clear when he says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, what he's telling us is that the kingdom of God is a spiritual thing. It's, we like to use this as the definition. It's, it's God who is graciously ruling in our hearts through his word. And that's what we see happening throughout the book of Jonah. Uh, look at Jonah himself. He had God's grace ruling in his heart. In fact, in his prayer, which is kind of a complaint to God... He even expresses it. He said, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God. Now, in the Hebrew that Jonah spoke, that word gracious means somebody who's on a higher level bows down to somebody who's inferior in order to give them a favor. And that's how God is toward us. Our great God comes down to serve and bless us who are inferior. And he's a compassionate God. He's loving and caring and concerned. Slow to anger. Oh, you think of the reasons he'd have to be angry with us, but he's slow to anger. And abounding in love just overflowing with love and 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 that hebrew word for love is always a word i love because it's kind of a combination of of the word faithfulness and power and mercy all three of those things working together that's our god and jonah experienced that and so did the sailors who were on that boat when that storm arose And they turned to the Lord to be saved. And so did the people of Nineveh experience it as they were called to give up their violent life and to turn back to God. Jonah knew exactly what it was that God's kingdom was coming. But this is how he prayed. Why did you do this, Lord? Isn't this what I said when I was still at home? That's why I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. I'm so upset with you, God. (laughs) He was rejecting the blessing that God was working. You know, Jonah could have gone down in history as probably the greatest prophet in the world. Because in one day, his preaching brought a whole city. They estimate maybe about a half a million people. Brought a whole city to its knees and brought them back to the Lord. But instead, he's complaining. He wanted to see something different. He wanted to see that city destroyed. But he did see God's kingdom come. When we instruct our our young people here at church, we we use a book that's called Luther's Catechism, which gives all these real easy to understand explanations for things that sometimes are hard to understand. And and this is how he explained for us what God's kingdom is. He said, God's kingdom comes when our heavenly Father gives his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead a godly life now on earth and forever in heaven. That's what Jonah saw happening, but he was rejecting it. Do you see it happening? Things maybe don't go your way, but they always go God's way. And God's way brings blessings. Maybe we don't see it. Maybe we're not even concerned about it. Maybe we're not so concerned about God's word being spread in the world or in our community. Because you know what? We have some other concerns to deal with. Or maybe we think, well, that's somebody else's job to take care of that, not mine. Maybe we're looking for something else to be done. We want God's kingdom to come in in some other way. Let's not miss the blessing. And let's not be angry at God. As he asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Not when we see that God's kingdom of grace comes to the hearts of people. So let me ask you this question. How was your week? How was your past week? Was it a good week for you? Was it kind of a tough week? Maybe some disappointments? But did you see the grace of God coming to you? Did you see how loving and patient and compassionate he was to you when you didn't deserve it? Now, if there were some disappointments that happened during the week, How did you respond? Were there some people that let you down, some people that made you upset? How did you respond to them? Did you respond to them the way God responded to you? Did you see the opportunity for God's kingdom to come to others through you? Sometimes we're always looking for big things to happen. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we as a church could convert this whole town of San Jose to the Lord? Let's not always look for big things. Let's realize that even God rejoices when just one sinner repents and comes to him. And that's what we can pray for. And that's what we can work toward. The kingdom of God coming into people's lives turn you around from being angry to rejoicing with God. But there's something else to recognize, too. The Lord put that question to Jonah. Is it right for you to be angry? And what did Jonah do? He went outside the city, there made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and just waited to see what would happen to the city. He wanted to see what the Lord's will would be. He was waiting for destruction. Maybe he thought, you know, this city, it doesn't deserve it. This whole thing that they're doing with repenting, it's going to be short-lived. And they're going to go back to their violent ways. You just wait and see, Lord. But that wasn't the Lord's will. We can rejoice because God's will is always done. Now, what is that will? Again, Luther gave us this real easy-to-understand explanation. The Lord's will is simply that all would come to a knowledge of the truth and be saved. That's what God wants. Now, not all will do that though, because they will reject God. But God wants to save them. Luther stated, God's will is done when he breaks and defeats every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh which try to prevent us from keeping God's name holy and letting his kingdom come. And God's will is done when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and in the faith as long as we live. This is his good and gracious will. That's what we should want. That's what we will see. And that gives us a reason to rejoice. But not poor Jonah. That first verse where it says, and and Jonah was not happy with this, The, the Hebrew could really be translated this way. It was evil in his eyes, calling the Lord's work evil, and he burned with anger. Why was he so upset, and could it be turned around? Well, the Lord was going to give him a little object lesson, so to speak, a loving rebuke so that he would see and trust God's working. Jonah goes out to wait for destruction of the city, but it's very hot weather. Santana winds are blowing, and he's uncomfortable. So God provides overnight a vine to grow and provide shade for Jonah, and Jonah loves it because now he's experiencing the comfort and compassion of God. But then God provides a little worm to chew up that vine so that it withers and Jonah gets angry now because he's uncomfortable and he wants to die. So the Lord questions his concern. Why are you so concerned about a plant which you had nothing to do with, but you're not concerned about these people whom I've created, and loved, and saved? The point was, God wanted Jonah to have a new heart, a heart that was filled with compassion, a heart that wanted to see God's kingdom come to them, for them to know His grace, and that's what happened. God said, "Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than one hundred twenty thousand people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many animals? And if there was one hundred twenty thousand children?" probably more adults and teenagers, so they estimate maybe 500,000 people in that town. God was simply saying, look how my grace will go to work. And that's how the book ends. Kind of a strange ending, we might say. It's kind of a cliffhanger because we don't know what Jonah does. But some people say, no, we do know what Jonah does, and I agree with them. Jonah writes this book. Jonah tells us about his experience with the grace of God working in his life. And he's teaching us that God has outrageous grace. It's kind of interesting that the first words in the book and the last words in the book are words from God. Maybe he's simply telling us, listen to me. Listen to me. God is gracious. God spared the city of Nineveh because he would not spare his son. He did not spare his son, but gave him up for the world, for you. Jesus left all that glory in heaven and came into this world to live like us but to live perfectly under all of the demands of God's law that we are under, to live perfectly so that God could give a righteousness to us through faith in him. And then Jesus did not spare his own life, but sacrificed it, dying on the cross, dying under God's wrath, the penalty that you and I deserve for our sins. He rose again. He rose to his throne in heaven. He rules over everything now to bring his kingdom to people so that his will will be done. God spared the city because he did not spare his son. God spares us because he did not spare his son. So to me, the book doesn't end on a cliffhanger. It ends with a very clear message. Our God is is gracious, and he's calling us to come back to him, to listen to his call and to answer it, to turn from our sin and to trust him for forgiveness and deliverance, to do what he asks us to do and to rejoice that his kingdom comes and his will is done to bless us with his grace. That's the book of Jonah. Time to come back to God. Time to rejoice. Amen.